Thanks for tuning in, and today is the 6th of April, 2014, and uh, I got myself, Paul Ragsdale, Lyle Stokes, Chuck Davison, and Fudd, Chris Wallace, and a special guest today, we've got Jeff Dodd of Dodd Catfishing, and today's topic is the difference between uh, river fishing and lake fishing, although I have a feeling we're probably going to go to other places too. <laughs> so, the first thing I want to do is get the uh, Whiskerware Apparel uh, giveaway done, and I'm going to go to screen share so you can see me as I do that. And can everybody see that okay? The... Can you guys see that okay? Yep. Yes. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to randomize three times. The person that's at the top of the list on the third randomization will be the winner of the Whiskerware Apparel. And we're going to go one, two, three. And the winner is going to be Kurt Dooley. Hey, I know that guy. Yep. And uh, I'll get you in touch with Whiskerware Apparel, and, and you can tell him which one you want. And stay tuned till towards the end of the show. We're going to be having a giveaway um, for the live viewers and uh, the, uh, the monthly giveaway as well. And with that, I want to turn it over to uh, Lyle because he uh, has a better voice than I've got it right now. So go ahead, Lyle. All right. Well, we want to welcome Jeff Dodd to the show tonight from Dodd Catfishing. Jeff, i got a couple of things I want to ask you about, and then I'm going to turn you over to these other guys because I know everybody's got some questions. Um, last week we had some pretty good friends of yours on, uh, Jason and Daryl Massingill, and uh, they wanted me to ask you where what tree? Man, it's a cottonwood tree, <laughs> and you kind of fish out from the fork of that cottonwood tree. Now, that's what Russ says, but uh, I'm going to tell you actually the story about the uh, about the tree. Uh, we were fishing a tournament up in uh, uh, just the other side of Paducah, Metropolis, Illinois, and uh, them boys is up there, and Daryl said, Jason said, we ain't coming back up here to fish, and we might as well show Jeff that tree we found. <laughs> Jason looks around and said, what tree? <laughs> so that's kind of been a joke all along, but uh, uh, there ain't no telling what else them boys want you to ask me. Well, they they got uh, tickled when we got to visit about you last week, and, and uh, they want to make sure that I ask you about that. They got to laughing and carrying on, and, and I know you guys are great friends and great competitors and you all fish a lot of the same tournaments and that's what makes uh, our sport so great but um, we're going to visit a little bit this tonight uh, about them guys and maybe rest of war and some of the other guys that you know that are characters of the sport but when you're fishing um, uh, in tournaments and I know you fish a lot of tournaments and you got you fish with your daughter Sarah and, and with Swamp and some other people um, do you approach fishing lakes differently than you do river systems? Yes, I do. I, I approach it a lot different, but you know, it's just uh, 
the main difference between the lake and the and the river in, in my book is the current wants to hold the fish down and sometimes <laughs> in the lake you know the fish is spinning and that's when that's when we have to get off the bottom and of course you know my favorite's the river but some of my biggest catches has come off a lake well that's good that's good um, I know I prefer the rivers also and it's just simply because I've lived close to them and they're easy for me to access and uh, I, I'd rather do that um, are you looking for for special structure when you're fishing lakes? You know, it, it's it, it's kind of like the river. Uh, what I look for in the river, you know, I'm looking for deep holes. I'm looking for drop-offs. I'm looking for creeks and where creeks hit the river. You know, about the same thing you look for in the river. You know. Okay. I'm sure, okay. I'm looking for trees. Any just. Just anything that'll hold that bait that'll hold them fish. Is it me, or is it just? Uh, is there more structure to find in rivers than there is lakes and stuff? Well, you know, it it uh, it kind of depends on the river you're in. You know, the Mississippi River, we have a lot of trouble finding wood in it down where we are, just because it. If you do find some wood, it's here today and gone tomorrow. You know, the first big river, it might get you wood in you. And, and the hole the wood was laying in. You know, it might all sand in, but uh, uh, I, I tend to find more structure in the lake than I do in the river. It, and, and uh, uh, you know, that depends on what lake you're in. Uh, you know, the lakes down in Alabama, we like to fish, and Kentucky Lake has a lot of structure in it. There's a lot of stumps, a lot of trees in it. Jeff, I, real, real quick, what, what do you classify structure as? Can you tell our viewers just what the classification of structure is on any body of water? Sure. You know, uh, I call structure anything that's there. You know, it might be, uh, it could be a, a blowed out bridge. It could be concrete. It could be wood. It could be a treetop. You know, just anything for that fish to get around and the bait to get around. Anything that changes the contour of the bottom, right? <laughs> Exactly right. What What do you feel about uh, barges that have been tied up or river boats or something that's been sitting a long time in a river and provide shade in the hot part of the summer for these fish? But you know, Lyle, I've 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 never been much of a barge fisherman. I've I've fished at some. I know the fishing under them can be phenomenal. Uh, I learned a lot about that when I got up in y'all's neck of the woods. You know, I right. every barge sitting there, somebody would be sitting in front of it. Yeah, but yeah. you know, down where we are, that current's running so hard, and uh, uh, I just don't like to sit up in front of them. If you want to know the truth about it, but but I do think they're phenomenal places to hold fish, and and, and I have caught fish under barges up on Ohio River. The the Ohio River doesn't have near the carpet, and and I know that that we went over this a time or two before, but you know, people think that the, the Ohio River is is got the same amount of current in it that the Mississippi, the Missouri Rivers, and some of them got, but the, most of them have no idea the amount of current that Mississippi and Missouri River has, and, uh, you know, they, they, they'll they bring uh, mushroom-style anchors and stuff and, and think that they're going to hold in these rivers, and, I mean, you've got to have special equipment to fish the water we fish. That, that's right, Lyle, and, you know, if... If I do get in front of a barge, I never turn my big motor off. I always leave it running. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to take that chance at, uh, 
because you know I fish with a 35 pound anchor and 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 it live will turn loose and my boat goes sailing down through there, you know. Right. Yeah. And then the last thing he wants to get tied up against the barge and not be able to get away from it. Exactly. Exactly. We uh, we was talking a while ago about Russ Devore and and uh, you know we're gonna get Russ on here one of these days and and have him on here uh, just right quick. Uh, have you got a good story to tell about old Russ? Man, we ain't got enough time for me to tell all the stories I've got about old Russ. But uh, uh, if you don't watch old Russ, when you asked him about his fishing, he'll be fishing with Katapa worms and, and a one-all hook. Now, that's Russ. Thumbed up. <laughs> that's him. Well, now, my understanding is he's pretty fond of fishing those Snoopy Rod tournaments. Well, you know, he, he won a Snoopy Rod tournament, did he not? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he sure did. You know, uh, uh, he, he talks about that a lot, but anybody that can catch a fish on a, a 20-something pound fish, I forgot what it was, but anybody that can catch one of them on a Snoopy pole, he's got to know what he's doing, you know? Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, All right, Chris, have you got anything you want to visit with Jeff about? Um, sure, sure I do. Um, Jeff, when you say that you fish the lakes, what styles of fishing do you do? Do you change it up throughout the year? Do you like to vertical drift lakes with the wind? Do you like to use your trolling motor to vertical drift? Do you like to drag behind the boat? Do you anchor up? Chris, I usually fish uh, I'm, 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 I'm usually either suspend fishing or I'm, I'm, I'm dragging baits behind the boat, and sometimes I'm doing both. It, you know, it just kind of depends on the water temperature and if the fish are active. And, you know, if it's real early, sometimes we will. If we've got any current on that lake whatsoever, we'll throw anchor out. But even when it's early in the year and the colder water, you're, you're 45, 50 degrees, you're probably out there suspend drifting or? Yeah, I'll be drifting. Yeah. That's, uh. You know, uh, I, I I hardly ever anchor anymore. I I don't fish in the dead winter, but if I did, I'd probably use anchor a lot more than I do. But you know, I get that water temperature up there anywhere close to 50 degrees, I'm moving. When you uh when you're drifting on the river system, you I I haven't heard of anybody doing it, but it doesn't mean I don't know that they do. That same sort of drag style that that I do on the lakes and a lot of other people do on the lakes. Do you do that at all on the river system, or is there just too much stuff on the river to do that? Or uh, No, I don't drag on the river. Uh, now, now, there's places on the river that you could drag, I'm sure, but uh, uh, if I'm drifting on the river, I got my boat turned around backwards, and I got my bumping rod in my hand. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm usually a one-rod man when I'm, uh, when I'm drifting a river. Um, what sort of setup do you use when you're when you're drifting on the river system, and and uh, do you use a three-way uh, Carolina rig? What's your what's your go-to rig styles? Yeah, I use uh, when I'm drifting on the river, I use a three-way swivel. Uh, I got a leader line, and 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 I've got a weight line, and 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 I'm basically just uh, walking that bait behind the boat. You know, I'll get that bait back behind the boat a few feet, and and. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm I'm feeling every little contour in the bottom of that river. That's that's the way I drift on the river. Uh, we got while I'm talking to you here, got a question on catfishweekly.com from Jason Malone. He asks, 
Jeff, when the water's in the mid-40s, do you fish deep or shallow on the lakes? Wow. Well, I'm not a really a shallow water fisherman, but, uh, you know, in the when the water's in the 40 degrees, that's when that sun's starting to warm that water up, and a lot of times you'll catch them fish up real shallow. You know, I'm, I'm talking in uh, uh, three to five foot of water, you know, maybe two foot of water, maybe even where you can see them make a wake they're so shallow. And know a lot of guys that get up there and catch them. Uh, usually they're not deep in in 40 degree water. You're going to find them up out of them deep holes, you know, unless you got some current that's got to push down there or something. But uh, most of the time we'll start out in mid-range water, you know, in 40 degree water, as we did the other day. You know, if, if, if we got some 60 foot water, we're going to start up there 40, 30 feet and then go up till we find the fish. Got you. Um, as far as your uh, your bait choices, I don't know if on your lake tournaments is it is it is it fishing for? Do you do a lot of fishing for channel cats? I mean, or is it? Uh, it's it's mostly blues. Mostly blues for you on lakes. Mostly. Yeah. What kind of uh what what would be like your bait selection? What do you norm? Do you always have to have fresh bait? Do you have um, fresh gills, cut gills? You know, creek chubs, skipjack. Moon eye, what shad? What do you use for them? What's your go-to bait, and what do you try to have on the boat if you can? Skipjack. Just skipjack. Fresh skipjack. Fresh skipjack. Uh, right. Don't always work, you know. I mean, uh, sometimes we don't have fresh skipjack, you know, when the when the bait gets tough. But you know, I've got to say that uh, on the James River, I've I fished up there a few times, and it seemed like that. Big old gizzard shed up there was better than the skipjack were, and I think it just all boils down to you need to use the bait that's in the body of water that you're fishing. Yeah, use a natural bait that's there. And, um, I think that I'm about done. So if Chuck wanted to go for it, well, Jeff, when you're uh when you're fishing lakes and you have your electronics set on um. You know, thirty foot. Your river channel's all white. Do you, do you just concentrate on that river channel in that lake, or do you actually go into any of the secondary channels and uh, go up into some of the flats and stuff, or do you just pretend like that that river channel's a river and you forget about the rest of the lake? Oh no, Chuck. Uh, that river channel might be my starting point, but. Uh, uh, one of the best days I ever had on Wheeler Lake, uh, in four hours there, we caught four over 70, and all of them come off a flat. Then them fish are up on a flat feeding. So I'd, I'd actually say I probably fish out of the river channel more than I do in it, but that's definitely where I'm going to start. I'm going to look, and I'm going to find me some, some good drops on a, on, a, on a river channel if I ain't never been there, and I'm going to start from there. That'll be my starting point. Uh, do, when you get on uh, Wheeler um, and all these other lakes that have the, the nuclear plants and stuff that have warm water discharges and uh, stuff like that, uh, do, do you look at those as uh, main target points where you're going to try to uh, hurry up and get to those points before anybody else and, and try to go ahead and hit spots like that where you know water temperature is going to make a di big difference? Well, uh Chuck, that goes back to if, if I was wintertime fishing, sure I would. Uh, because the bait's going to be where the warm water is, you know. But 
now that the water starts to warm up, I usually don't target the, uh, you know, the stain plants and uh, and the nuclear plant and 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 all your warm water discharges. I generally I, I generally don't, and I, you know, I've I've seen it even in the summertime, where that cool water was hitting that warm water. I've seen that bait stack back there before, but uh, uh, most of the time, answer your question, no, I don't. Uh, on them days where you can't get fresh skipjack and um, baits really hard to find, uh, what, what's your other go-to baits that you prefer to, you know, give a shot? Uh, I know you probably got frozen skipjack in the boat, but I, I'll, I'll always have frozen skip. I mean, I, if I've got some in the freezer, I always have some for backup. But uh, uh, you know, I would rather have a fresh bait as frozen skipjack. You know, uh, carp or dead. Uh, you know, anything I can get fresh out of the net, uh, that's what I'd fish if I couldn't get bait. But you know, I drove, uh, and and I know everybody else in fish tournaments have too. On Friday, I drove as high as 100, 150 miles just to get bait to fish tournament with. Uh, okay. Uh, sp speaking of uh, rivers and lakes, I know where there's uh you know different launches and. Uh, this different times of year. Um, what do you feel? How do you feel about this? Uh, the the trailering and and on certain events. Are you really for that, or what's your feelings on being able to trailer during the events and uh, hitting different bodies of water and stuff? You know, I don't like trailering. Uh, I feel like that trailering leads to the cities that sponsoring the tournaments. You know, I feel like that. You know, if if you try to 60 or 70 miles to fish and you don't do no good and you're 60, 70 miles closer to home, you're going to load your boat and go home, you know, and then the city don't get to see you weigh in. The, the, the people that come out to watch the weigh in don't get to see you weigh in. I just like everybody putting in in one place, you know, uh, I like to look at them old Massagale boys on the first day, but you know when we put them in there at the tournament, I won't know, but I won't make sure where they at. You got to keep that boys now. So, so you think they ought to do away with the trailering altogether? I mean, that's I feel the same way about it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, okay, if if you was um, if you was on a board or. Or if somebody asked you to to prom, uh, promote a, a a national tournament series, uh, what what way would you want to structure that series? Uh, you know, would you have a, a north south, uh, east west with a, a central classic, or you know, how how would you want it structured if you was uh, really trying to get something big started? You know, in the country. You know, I'm probably fixing to very off the question you asked me a little bit, but ever how it was structured, I'd like to see it structured where where that you had an amateur, a, a pro-am kind of structure, you know, where that, because uh, some way or another, we've got to get some more boats in this sport. Yep. You know, because if we don't, if we don't get more boats in this sport, as soon as we're gone, the sport's fixing to die. And, uh, but yeah, I think a north and south, uh, 
you know, have a divide line there maybe and, and, and have two different trails and come together for a classic. But, but uh, you know, that keeps, that keeps you from having to drive 300 miles to fish a tournament, which I've done. I've drove 750 miles to fish a tournament. And knowing all the time, if I win the tournament, I probably won't even be able to pay for my gas. But, you know, that's beside the point. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, – I think a, a a north and a south division would be good in a in a in a big tournament. I really do. Do you, do you think uh, the four divisions would do good? Have a east west, uh, north and south, and have a main classic, and then have the pro am where you know drop the entry fee down to about one fifty, where it's affordable for everybody, and then have another entry level at uh, you know around fifty bucks for other boats to come in. That was mentioned last week and. Uh, there's been a lot of good feedback on, you know, after that was mentioned, uh, you know, everybody launching from the same launch site, but having different classes. Sure, sure. I think that would be a, I think that'd be a great thing to do. I really do. We got, we got another question from uh, Jason Malone on Catfish Weekly. He asked, Jeff, do you think uh, on a river tournament there should be a limit as far as how far one can run? <laughs> well, you talking to the wrong one about that question now. <laughs> you go pretty far, I take it. I usually get I usually get out of dodge. Yeah. Uh, hey, I like to get away from the pre fishing, and uh, I'm telling you, you got to get away from the Massengale boys now. You just can't stop. <laughs> <to go. laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, <clears throat> we fish a lot of tournaments that that you can't go past a bridge, and you know they. They they kind of narrow it down, but I'm all for trailering. I mean, I'm all for no trailering, and you just put in, you just go wherever you can. Just wherever you can get to, you go, but you better be back on time or you disqualify. Have you ever thought about, as another option, there being a uh, um, whatever, say you're running a trail, and like maybe it's just a statewide trail or something like that, and they had a, uh, they wouldn't tell you where the, next tournament was going to be at until like two days beforehand so that way they're, the pre-fishing would be limited to the people who are fishing it for you know two weeks prior to the tournament or a month you know every, you know, every weekend or something. What do you think about that? Well I've heard some talk about that but uh, uh, had never happened you know uh, there would be some pros and cons both ways on that I guess you know you go in somewhere, uh, you know, the Bass Boys have to do that. They, they know where their tournament's going to be, but they can't get on it. You know, they can't get on it, and they can't have nobody fishing on it. But, uh, uh, you know, I I think it would it might help the participation of the tournament because, you know, folks go down there waiting for the pre-fish, and if they don't come up with nothing, they ain't going to go back and put up no $200. Yeah. Nothing. You know, uh, uh I can see where that would be a plus, and you know, like I say, I can see some minuses to it too. <coughs> I would now, go fish. <laughs> when you're talking about a pro amateur uh, style tournament, you're talking about the amateur fishing one division and the pros fishing another division. Um, if that's that's what you was meaning, wasn't it? That's exactly, that's exactly what I was meaning. Miles. Okay, now how, how do you have a way of determining how do you do? <laughs> Uh, um, separate the pros from the amateurs because you know my feeling has always been that um, 
uh, professional is a guy that makes his money at that profession, no matter whatever it be, his living is made from that. And realistically, at this time in catfishing tournaments, I don't know anybody that survives off of what they win on tournaments, so there has to be a way to determine if somebody's considered a professional or not. Well, you know, we've talked about that, and Lyle, and, and I think they've got it in the crappie, in the in some of the crappie tournaments now. They got two divisions, and 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 I think you can like in the crappie tournament that you can make so much money uh, before you have to go up to pro, because I actually do know some boys that that probably cut off right there at the at the at the limit, you know, but. Uh, uh, it, it could be something like if they've ever, if you've ever cashed a check, you know, you can't fish in amateur, you know. Well, and and that was with the, what Jason and Daryl had talked about. If you ever win a a prize at a tournament, then the next tournament and from there on out, you'd have to be in the pro division. Exactly, uh, I, uh, that's exactly right. And and you know, if you want to go ahead and and go in there and try to win the big bucks, they shouldn't be nothing to stop you from going in and and entering the the higher class. No, 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 because you know, uh, uh, a lot of folks are intimidated when they see a big cat boat coming down through there. You know, well, I can't beat them boys, but I'm gonna tell you what intimidates me a little bit. When I see a local put in a little old 14 foot boat with a little uh, <laughs> 45 horse job, uh, motor on the back of it. That's who you better be watching. That's who I'm always intimidated by. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> they, they fish it every day, so they know they got a pretty good idea where they're gonna go every time they put that boat in the water. They don't have to pre-fish. They, they <laughs> they're doing it every day. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Lyle, exactly. Or, Lyle, have you ever thought about you know it, sort of going on with you that question that you were just asking, how to classify somebody as a as a professional or whatever? Yeah, I mean, in the technical sense, if you wanted to do it where wherever if they have ever cashed a check or they've ever won money in a in a tournament, they'd be considered a professional. But if like someone wanted to figure out a way to do it without taking that steep of a you know, because anybody could say you know, yeah, I won fourth place and won you know forty bucks in a small three-person tournament or something, <laughs> you know, but. Um, I'm thinking out loud here, like the uh, almost like the way um, pool would be considered. Like say a, a points, you got a certain number of points as a amateur. Once you reached a threshold of a hundred points or you know whatever, you sort of went into the. You know, I'm I'm saying this would have to all be done in one series. You know, somewhere where you could actually control that. Um, you know, if you had like one series, one one trail that had a, a pro am sides to it, you would have the, the amateurs have their points, and then once they hit that threshold, they'd get pushed up into that next tier. You well, know? actually, we're kind of looking into some of that stuff now for ours, and, and, and that's something that we may consider in the in the near future of doing and having a pro-am event, and, uh, but then again, you know, you can't, you can't have Jeff and, and Daryl and Jason and Russ and them guys come up and, and want to enter, you know, everybody knows them, they're going to have to get in the bay, and they, they sure, surely would understand that, that they'd have to get in the pro division, and, and you get uh, some of the smaller guys that maybe they'd want a, a tournament down here at a local um, a tournament where there was eight or ten guys in it, and, and to me, I wouldn't uh, classify that as uh, being eligible to be in a pro division unless they chose to be there. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you're talking about fishing uh, Cabela's or Bass Pro or or Kansas City catfish or maybe even Twisted Cat Outdoors or something like that, say you won two events or one event or or uh, you won Angler of the Year on one of them or something. Uh, if you're consistently in the money, then you should probably be put in the pro division. Well, it depends on how many boats show up too. Because if only you know three boats show up for the uh, the amateur every week, um, you know they might not even catch no fish and you know be you know third place. But uh, so I mean, it, it would have to be a good you know participation for something like that to work. Uh, you just couldn't you know what one boat show up for that one class. He wins his money back, um, and then he's forced to go up. You know, it'd have to you'd have to make sure you got a pretty good bit of boats, also. Well, the point system and what Jeff was saying about amount of dollars won uh, would have to limit that. You'd have to make the points part of it to where it was high enough. If they was fishing, let's say they fish one of our tournaments. If you're doing if you're doing eight tournaments a year, and the maximum you can win at any one tournament is a hundred points. Uh, you'd have to, you'd have to say you'd have to have a thousand points, which would give you two years in the amateur division, unless you chose to go up, or if you won, uh, say, twenty-five hundred dollars in one year, which would mean you'd win three or four events, then that would put you in in the upper division. It, you know, I, if, you know, we're we're putting a lot of variables together, trying to do some stuff and and uh, figure out a way to do that. But the the ultimate goal is, like Jeff said, to get more people in the sport. And, uh, you know, I know that he takes Sarah out on the boat with him a lot, and, and uh, they fish a lot, and that's what you have to do is get the kids. And then we've got a, a youth division in our tournaments, and we have the ladies' division. And, and the reason for that is to bring more people into the sport. Without the kids, the future of, this, of any sport uh, it will fall if they don't get interested in it. So that's why we do it. And, and uh, you know, the ladies' division is something else. You know, the first year or two, we didn't have hardly any, and every year we increased by the number of, of, of women participants. And uh, uh, I would like to see more of the, of the tournaments do that. Now, whether they will or not remains to be seen, but uh, from my perspective, that's the right way to do it, especially with the kids, because now that they can take three people in, in a boat with them uh, in our tournaments, uh, with no age restriction, you can have uh, you can have a, a, a child in the boat, uh, say he's 12 or 15 or even 18. Uh, we cut the limit off of the youth division at 15 as long as their birthday is before the end of that season. But uh, you know, it, it's about getting the, the kids and, and other people into the sport. We need to grow the sport, and, and that was one way I thought that would would be better for it. Absolutely right. Jeff, what, what kind of <coughs> encouragement do you think you can give to, to somebody wanting to get involved in, in competitive fishing? Time on the water. A lot <clears throat> a lot of time on the water. You know, it's something that you've got to enjoy doing. I love it. You know, I love to compete. Uh, I get beat just like the rest of them, and when I do, that just makes me want to go back. You know, a lot of folks go to body water, and they just get stomped on it, and they don't ever want to go back. Well, that ain't me. When I get stomped on it, that's where I, I want to go back there, you know. Uh, well, why did I get beat, you know? Uh, I just say don't get disgusted. You know, time on the water, put your time in, and uh, just go fishing. 
you know, a, a lot of tournaments are over, uh, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm one to talk because I've lost a bunch of them, but just overthinking it. You know, just go out there and go fishing like you would on a normal day, and you got your plan together, and if it don't work, come up with you another plan. You know, just go fishing just like we would if me and you was out fishing, and uh, we started out, we didn't catch nothing. We wouldn't fish there all day. We'd move. You know, we'd try to find some fish, but uh, <clears throat> just... Just get in a local tournament too, and uh, get your feet wet, and go fishing, and and have a good time with it. That's the main thing. What about uh, uh, time fishing a spot? How long do you usually stay in the spot before you uh, move on to another spot? Well, you no, know, I'm usually moving anyway. Paul, uh, my boat usually ain't still, but you know when I was when I was. Uh, and if I'm suspend fishing and I'm not moving, you know, if if I ain't done nothing in 20 minutes, I'm usually gone. You know? Jeff, I've got a question from Jason Acock. He wants to know that uh, if there's a big jump in water level, do you do anything different, uh, or do you look for a certain certain type of area uh, on a drastic change in water if it rises real fast? Well. You know, uh, old rule of thumb: if the water's coming up, the fish is coming up. You know, uh, usually if it's been a hard rise, I try to get up shallower. You know, I might, uh, uh, and vice versa on a fall. Uh, you know, I've I've struggled a lot fishing a hard rise. You know, it and fish scattering. Sometimes it's just hard to get on a pattern. And, you know, we used to say, "Well, they ain't biting. That ain't that ain't right. They biting somewhere. We just want on them." But, uh, but to answer his question, usually on a hard rise, I'm going shallow. When when the water comes up, I go up. That, that makes sense to me. Makes good sense. You, uh, I know that you fish with John Warden a lot, and I know John's a great fisherman in himself. And uh, and you guys take Sarah with you, and. and did you tell some of the other guys that you fished with in some of your tournaments? Oh, I fished with, gosh, I fished, I've had a lot of partners, and I've had a lot of good partners. I fished with some, some good people. I fished with Chris Stout. I fished with uh, Mr. John Stevens. Uh, I fished in tournaments here around home with my brother. I fished with uh, Kenny Bivens. Uh, and, and the best two partners I ever fished with was my two daughters. My oldest daughter, which is off in school now, and uh, and Sarah, that's that's some of my most memorable partners. I fished with Bill Dance. I've I've had a lot of partners. Well, I knew that you'd had some good times with the girls, and and uh, man, it's always a pleasure when they make it to the tournaments. And and uh, I'd ask you about having Sarah on the show, and you said that she was a little quiet, but. Uh, she may be quiet when it comes to doing this stuff, but she's not shy about putting fish in the boat. Oh no, she's not. Uh, uh, me and uh, me and John would get on her about. Uh, we were fishing in Memphis, and she was fishing with us. And boy, we were struggling. Now we'd struggled all day, and uh, she was fishing in front of the boat. Had a couple of down rods down, and we were drifting out of the back, and uh, we didn't have long left. Maybe. Maybe five minutes left, and I looked at her. One of her poles was just wrapping on the boat. She was trying to get it out of the rod holder. And of course, we told her she saved the day, and uh, she literally did save the day. <laughs> I forgot where we, in the tournament. I, I, 
I don't know. I don't really think was in the top ten, uh, in the top five. We were in the top ten, and it's all because Sarah caught that last fish. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then that's one of the joys of being able to fish with a with a kid in a boat. And, and uh, she, she's quite the trap shooter too. I understand. Yeah, she's she's doing very well. She was uh, she's she's really got into that, and that kind of pulled her out of the boat, and and. Uh, a lot of weekends we have to go separate ways. Her mama carries a trap shoot, and I'll be fishing. And and uh, but you know she don't she don't go at nothing just halfway. If she's gonna shoot trap, she's gonna she's gonna sit in there and learn to, to try to go to the top. She's kind of like her daddy. She likes to bring in plaques on too now. No, nothing wrong with that. That that brings up something else I wanted to ask you about. In our tournaments, we've had discussions with some of the guys. Uh, would rather not buy trophies and give them out. They would rather you put that money for instead of giving the trophy, just add it on to the prize money. Personally, you know, I like having our mugs sitting around, and if we win win an event, having a trophy or something. And and uh, how do you feel about that? Oh, I don't like it at all. I want something, a plaque, a trophy, or something. I would, you know, because probably going to be lucky if you, if you break even anyway, you know, at a tournament. Uh, you have exactly. to stay in the top five to break even, but, you know, uh, a man gets a piece of hardware, it's, it, uh, or it, it does for me, you know, that's what, uh, I, I, I come home and, and, and be money behind and have me a plaque and I'm pretty satisfied, you know. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, and, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, I know how you and, and Jason and Daryl and Russ and some of you kind of go at each other at the tournaments that you fish, and, and uh, that's kind of the way it is when we go to St. Louis. If we can beat uh, Russ or, or Danny Salfin or, or uh, uh, some of the Jason Mathena and Vicky and some of them guys, you know, if you beat them, you you know, I feel like we've accomplished something, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure that they don't feel the same way every time they beat me because they're pretty regular at it, but, you know, if we go to a, a, a tournament of any size and you happen to, to hit a lick, then, you know, that you can kind of rub it on them just a little bit, and I'm pretty sure you and Jason do that a little bit. Well, now, you done, you done opened up a whole new can of worms now. <laughs> them, uh, you know, I've, I've, we talked before the show a little about them boys, but but I got to say, I, I, I totally respect them boys. They class act. Uh, I enjoy fishing around them. I think they do our sport real good. And I think I told y'all before the show, if uh, we need more like them uh, promoting the sport of catfish. Well, I'd have to say that that's 100% true. And, and as with you, uh, you you are a class act in my book. You And everybody that I know of has helped and the respect the way you do, that you do in tournaments and stuff, and, and I, you know, Janet Fox, I know you know Bank and Janet, and she was uh, uh, talking to me online the other day, and she was glad that she was going to be on the show, and, and uh, we had her on here a while back, and we're going to get Bank on here before long, and we're going to have Aaron Wheatley on, and, and Aaron Wheatley, he's, he's another uh, uh, guy in the sport that's just really good for what we do. He is, he is. He has he has really done a lot for the sport of catfishing and 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 you know my hats off to him because uh, he ain't never wanted a quarter out of it. He's just doing it to promote catfishing. He's doing it for the right reason and uh, he runs a good tournament. I went up there and fished it. I didn't do no good in the tournament, but I had a good time. I thought it was well run and 
Uh, I think Aaron has probably done as much in the state of Kentucky for catfishing as anyone. I have to agree, and and, and he's involved in in uh, catfish conservation, and and with Chris and I and uh, several others have kind of got a little group together to put everybody together instead of having separate areas throughout the nation to, to, to fight for these rules and, and Aaron is a big part of that and you're correct. He he runs one of the best shows. We went we've been to tournaments all over and and uh, when Aaron tells you that this show's gonna be done right, you can count that it is going to be done exactly the way it needs to be done. That's that's exactly right. But you know you kind of cut me off a while ago when we was talking about the Massingale boys. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good a boy, but you didn't let me finish. Um, okay. Absolutely a pain in the butt. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a shame to be such a good friend with somebody, but, but, but when I go to a tournament, that's who I'm shooting for. <laughs> that's who I got my gun loaded for, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, at least you've got some more. Hey, Jeff, we got another question from you from Jonathan Herndon on Catfish Weekly. He says, Jeff, why do you call the big ones sad daddies? Is it because their mouths are so big they look like they're pouting? Well, you know, it's just old sad daddy. When you get a good one, you know, one thing about old Sad Daddy, the reason he's so big is because he can be. <laughs> you know, well, you think about it. You know, everybody says, well, the big one always gets away. Well, there's a reason for that. That's because he can. You know, that's the reason he got that big. But, uh, but yeah, that's what we always fish for is old Sad Daddy. And every once in a while we get him, you know. All righty. Hey there, guys. Have you got another giveaway thing to do right now? Um, I I at eight o'clock I cut it off because I figured we were getting close to done, and at that time, unfortunately, we only had one person in, and that was Jason Malone. So I had him declared as the winner. Uh, Jason Malone. I was gonna do a random thing, but since he was the only one in here, he had been in here for a half an hour watching the show with us. Next week, guys, the the couple guys that jumped in right here at the end. Get in here on time. Get in here early so that way I can put you in there and we'll uh we'll give you some dead red. We got two bottles of dead red from Team Catfish going to Jason Malone. Thank thank you guys for watching live. We really appreciate it. So you know we want you to ask questions for these guys that we have on. You know they enjoy getting asked asked uh, questions from people all over the country like you. So thank you again. Are we going to be doing this live every week? We're going to do this next weekend, or next weekend, yes, yeah, Sundays, every Sunday through this month of April. We're giving away two bottles live to somebody live, and then we're going to give away another two bottles uh, every week for, what was it for? Um, they they had to go to catfishweekly.com, and on the right hand of the screen you'll see subscribe, uh, where you put your email to subscribe to the blog. And we'll choose out of that pool each week as well. Yeah, there you go. Two chances every, to win. Yep, everybody that's here, if you didn't win on, on on the live showing, there's a subscribe button on Catfish Weekly. Put your email in there, hit subscribe, and then we'll give uh we'll give two more bottles away every week. So four bottles a week. Jason, uh 
just uh, either text me or or send me your address, and I'll uh, I'll get Paul to send you that dead red out. So before we we go, I know we'll let everybody have a couple seconds here to yeah. uh, say say a piece, but I want to ask Jeff one more question if if he has any more of them uh, the funny stories, even if it's the Massing Gills. <laughs> there ain't one comes to mind, Paul, but. I'm sure in just a minute I'll think of one and I'll think, man, I wish I'd told that story. <laughs> because uh, there has been some real funny stories. Uh, uh, and, and a lot of them do concern the Massingale boys, I'm telling you. I appreciate you coming and talking with us. And uh, we'll go around the circle real quick. Start off with Lyle, then uh, Chris, Chuck, and then to uh, Jeff, and then I'll close it out. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you personally for being on the show. We really appreciate it. You're a great ambassador to our sport. You do wonderful things for it. I know that uh, here in the last uh, short period of time, you've had a few health issues, and we're very happy to see that you're overcoming those and, and getting that stuff lined out, and I look forward to seeing you at some of the tournaments this year. Um, before we get out of here, I want to announce a couple of tournaments that we're having. April 19th in Meridosha, Illinois, on the Illinois River, be a Twisted Cat Outdoor tournament. Uh, launch time will be at 7 a.m., uh, weigh in at 3 p.m. May 24th will be in Nauvoo, Illinois. Uh, great little town on the Mississippi River, be fishing north of the Keokuk Dam. Uh, so it'll predominantly be a Channel Cat tournament. That's also a Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament with the same time on. Uh, anybody that's listening uh, that wants to do something good for our sport, uh, May 31st in Burlington, Iowa, we're holding a tournament for Calvin Myers, uh, who was diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, it'll be a 50% payout. Injury fee's $100. Uh, anybody that can show up for that, it'd be awesome. Uh, Calvin is going to be in the hospital for an extended period of time, and they got a lot of travel expenses going back from north of Quincy to Barnes Jewish in St. Louis, and and uh, we have just tons and tons of giveaways coming in every day. We've got anchors and coffee and and uh, uh, floats for boats and Driftmaster rod holders for people, and just uh, with commitments from monster rod holders and and uh, just too much for me to remember all of it. Uh, this is for a great cause from a great guy that fishes for catfish in our tournaments, and, and he fishes a lot of the other tournaments, so anybody can show up for that. Uh, it would be something that you'd be proud to be a part of. And the other one that we're going to talk about is LaGrange, Missouri, June 14th. It is a Jack and Jill tournament. One At least one man, one woman in the boat. You're allowed three people. Entry fee is $100. Uh, we are guaranteeing 3000 for first place in this tournament. We have entries coming in daily. We also have new sponsors coming on board every but loyal. week. But loyal. Yes. Do they have to be named Jack and Jill to fish the tournament? Well, no, okay. they do not have to be okay, Jack thank and you. Jill. Just, that's just the terminology. Uh, John Nordyke has worked extremely hard to, to put this together with Mark Twain Casino. Um, they have put up some money for this tournament, and we also have Pogue Automotive Group that is 
now donated some money, and we have a lot of good prizes. There's going to be a slot machine tournament for those that want to enter that on Friday night. We'll have a captain's meeting before the before um, uh, the tournament on Saturday, and they're going to have a barbecue that won't cost you anything and give away hats and T-shirts and a bunch of different stuff, so anybody gets a chance. Uh, this is probably one of the larger tournaments in our area. And uh, it's a good time, good time to take your wife or daughter or girlfriend or niece out and put them in the boat and get them introduced to the sport of catfishing. Uh, that's all I have, Chris. And no, Chris, you're not allowed to wear your wig. I can wear my wig. That's good. No. No. You can, but you're not going to be able to fish. I'm still going to be the jack. <laughs> you're going to have to prove you're a woman. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see here. Um, first, we have April 19th, ICA will have, I believe it's the 19th. Yeah, the 19th, two days from now, it'll be uh, ICA on Moss Reservoir in Cicero or Noblesville. Well, it's real close to both. But anyway, that's a 7 o'clock to eight, uh, 5.30 or 4.30 or something like that. But um, standard ICA fees and all that. Um, I want to give a shout out to Hector Carrillo. He runs uh, ThunderCatFishing.com. He just recently uh, uploaded an episode that I thought had a really good point to it. Um, Jeff sort of commented a little bit tonight about uh, you know when you when you lose in a tournament when you don't do well. Um, one of the things you really should do and, and to really make a make the sport better is even though you didn't do well you know show up to the weigh-in come to that weigh-in at the end you know give the guys who did well give them their respect you know applause for them you know be there be in participation of of, of everything that goes on through throughout the tournament whether you did well or not you know it really shows a lot of class it shows a lot of sportsmanship um, you know just like Jeff you know if, if you thought you should have done well and you didn't you know just take that as a as a sign that you need to get out there and do better next time. It's a, it's a challenge to you, you know. You get back out there and show that water that you're gonna you're gonna show it who's boss next time. So, it, Thundercat Fishing, Hector Carrillo, he's doing a really good job uh, with that. You can see all his uh, videos. He does some funny videos and everything. He he films for the for the ICA as well. So he's doing good things with catfishing as well. He's just out there to enjoy himself and and share the share the pleasure of fishing for catfish with others. Um, besides that, I think uh, make sure I'm not forgetting anything real quick. The standard, uh, you know, even though that each of us on the show are sponsored and we have our sponsors, everybody, uh, you know, anybody that that wants to come on the show, no matter what products you use, who you're sponsored by. You're all anybody's welcome. We we don't want this to be political in any way. It's all just about the sport of catfishing. You know, we're here to have a good time and 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 really uh, increase the the usage of people that want to learn what they're doing and talk about catfishing, hear about catfishing. Um, one other thing, the if you'll notice on catfishweekly.com, there's some advertising space. Um, that's first come first serve. You know, you can. Pay for uh, we have two two options set up right now three months and six months a three months is thirty dollars and six months is fifty dollars uh, if you're interested just email me or 
Paul, and we'll get you set up. We'll get you, if you don't have a, a graphic made, we can get you one made. Um, there's, there's plenty of spots on there for some advertisement. So and again, it don't matter who you are. Well, yeah, don't matter who you are. The sponsors, you know, whoever wants the spot, just let us know. We'll get you up, get you set up on there. Um, I believe I'm done. Thank you, Jeff, for showing up and talking with us tonight. Hopefully, I'll have you on again. Uh, I, I hope y'all let me come back. Well, I'm sure we, we might be able to get you and the Madison Gills on on the same show. <laughs> oh, baby. We'll just, we'll just start the record button and do a free-for-all. <laughs> Go ahead, Chuck. Hey, hey, Jeff, out of all your tournaments you fish, what, um, you know, if it's the fish, a plaque, uh, kicking somebody's butt or whatever, what was your most memorable tournament that you've ever fished that you will never forget? Well, of course, my first major win, of course, you, you know that's got to fall in there, and I've done that with my nephew, which had only ever been in the boat. He had only been catfishing twice when we won that tournament. We, uh, me and him fished two tournaments. We fished one at Clarksville, and, and we were second or third. I forget which one at that, and then we went to Crystal City, Missouri, and we won that one. But, you know, but I, I, I guess my most memorable tournament was the, the championship I fished with Bill Dance. I imagine that would be my most memorable. I was gonna say if it was your if it was your nephew or was you say your nephew? That's right. Yeah, if it was your nephew that you had only been fishing twice, did you start running out of family members that had never catfished with you? Because <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. I'd be like, well, I brought him with me. He'd only been fishing once or twice. I'm gonna find some others. <laughs> All right, Jeff, it was a pleasure having you on, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to thank my sponsors, uh, Bass Pro Shop, IHE Hook, Cannon Packaging, uh, Mineral Mine, Pond Pro. Uh, they're the reason that I get to do what I do. Uh, I wanted to say... I missed one of my partners, and I, and I really feel bad about leaving him out. Bill Kunzman, and, and he was a very good partner. He's a very knowledgeable cat fisherman, and I really enjoyed the boat time that we spent together. And and there's a tournament in Memphis, Tennessee, y'all, the 19th. Uh, I think it's the 19th. You might want to check that date on me. But uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a river tournament down there from uh, Mud Island. It'll be a good tournament. And... Uh, Man, if you like the Mississippi River, you don't need to miss it. It'll, it'll, it'll be a good one. That's the 19th of this month, Jeff? Yeah, it's the 19th of April. I'm pretty sure you can look on the big it's – a, it's a Bass Pro Shop tournament. You can look on the big kick list. Okay. okay. Of, course, of course, i got to thank my number one sponsor. That's my wife. Boy, she puts up with a lot now, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good answer. She, she don't even have, not even does she have to get me ready to go. She has to get me and the girls both ready to go. So uh, uh, he's been, uh, we've been together 26 years, and she's, I'm, I'm awful fortunate to have found her, I tell you. You know, one, one more thing, Jeff. Um, I've, I have had the impression my life, Cindy and I have been married for 37 years, but um, 
a good woman is irreplaceable and a bad one you can't get rid of. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> That's so you wouldn't get in trouble, Lyle. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I like to eat. She keeps me in chow, so i got to say something nice about her. Exactly. Uh, I, I appreciate it too, Jeff. And, and guys, remember those of you that are not in tournament fishing, that's uh, not something that that seems like we've covered a lot over uh, in 14 weeks. But just remember, you don't have to be in the tournament to go to the tournament and, and watch and watch the weigh-ins. They always welcome people to come into the weigh-ins. So, you know, keep keep track of uh, Facebook and some other spots is a good good way to find out where different tournaments are. And uh, by all means, they'd be happy to have you out there. And I'm sure uh, you see Jeff out there somewhere, you know, go up and shake his hand and, sure. and introduce yourself, and he'd be more than happy to talk to, to you. And, um, don't, don't try to crowd his boat while he's fishing to shake his hand, but you get the message. Anyway, until next time, keep your lines tight and have a great week.